Good morning. Thank you for being here on Center Stage, Nonprofits of Tucson. We look at different opportunities in Tucson to get involved in the community and to support and to help other people. And, you know, sometimes we have something that you've heard a lot about and sometimes we have something completely new. And I like today because it's going to be a little bit of both. So today we have Deborah Carr, the Director of Marketing and Communications for Reed Park Zoo. So thank you for being here. Thank you. It's so nice to be here and Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you. And you know what? That actually reminds me. I think there was some news. Was there a a new arrival of someone at the zoo? We did. We have a really exciting and significant birth. We have a baby zebra that was born on Christmas Day. Uh, She is doing great out in this cold weather, like not even bothering her, but we were so excited. And uh, what's really important about that is grubby zebras are highly endangered. They are the Mm -hmm. rarest and most endangered of all the zebra species. There's only about 2,000 of them left in uh, the Kenya and African area. And so uh, this is part of a breeding recommendation loan that we have with the something called the Species Survival Program. Uh, So she's helping to perpetuate her species and uh, we're so excited and we are kicking off tomorrow. Uh, Watch our website for a naming contest if you'd like to help us name this special little baby. Ooh, that sounds like a lot of fun. And that's a really good kind of introduction into, you know, what we're talking about today. A lot of people have been to Reed Park Zoo and have seen the animals and have walked around and they know that, you know, it's a really nice place to go and a really great thing for your kids to be able to go and see all these cool animals. But there's so much more to Reed Park Zoo than than just walking around and looking at animals. So I'm really excited to hear about everything that you have to share with us today. Um, And, you know, I think a really good starting point is about the mission of the zoo. So can you share with us about the mission of Reed Park Zoo and some of the programs that are available through the zoo? Yes. Uh, Well, Danielle, you know, how many times are most of us likely to be able to go to Africa or South America or many of these countries and see these animals up close and personal. Um, The zoo is really important because we bring the world to our backyard here in Tucson as an educational center, but also uh, as a uh, committed conservation center. Uh, We have about 250 animals at the zoo, uh, and you can see them up close uh, in naturalistic habitats, but um, we also participate in about 30 species survival programs, and many of the animals that you see at the zoo are rare and endangered. And we also have, you know, in our world today, a lot of our special natural places and habitats and animals are vanishing or in danger uh, of vanishing. So we're trying to prevent that. Our uh, mission, our full mission is to create inspiring memories for all by connecting people and animals to ensure the protection of wild animals and wild places. Now that's a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But really what that means uh, in the, the short story is that we want people to come to the zoo And to have that connection with the animals, there's something magical that happens when you see an animal up close and you can identify with it. And we also want to tell their story, what's happening in the the wild and how um, people can really take small steps. We want to inspire them to be conservationists um, to help protect these animals and make sure that uh, they and the places that they live don't vanish in our lifetime. Um, And that's that's really, in a nutshell, everything uh, that we do is driven by that mission. Well, and I think something that is interesting that we kind of take 
for granted, honestly, here is that when you get to go see these animals, you get to see them in a happy environment and you get to see them play. And I mean, I have been to to zoos where that wasn't the case. And so it's really nice to be able to go and to see them running around chasing each other. You know, I think of some of the, just the smaller animals that are a lot more energetic <laughs> and being able to go watch them play. Yeah. And it's a really cool experience just to see them happy and moving and doing what they do. Yeah. And, you know, it's something that the kids remember and that it really does make an impact. And, you know, a lot of kids, I think, are very interested in learning about animals. They want to know all the different kinds. They want to know, you know, what makes them different and so to see them up close every single time we go, my kids are so excited, even though we have been a lot. They want to see those same animals again because they're so interested in them. They're not house pets. You know, they are more exotic animals. They're a lot of fun to go learn about. And the zoo also has a lot of educational opportunities for kids to learn about these animals. We do. Um, in addition to offering fee- free field trips, uh, for uh, K through 12 students um, throughout the community, and we have about 11,000 students that come in every year through those field trips. Uh, we do a number of of really fun educational programs, and as you were just talking about, you know, when you you're much more likely to learn something when you're uh, have some kind of hands on, or if you're seeing a a porcupine up close, or a chuckwalla, or um, kind of really getting to know these animals, and they often you can see the whole gamut of um, behavioral uh, displays that go on throughout the year. An animal might, you know, react completely differently in the summer than it does in the fall or the winter. Um, but you, you can see the animals and they're very relaxed in the naturalistic habitats. And um, we also have a very dedicated animal wellness program where we uh, make sure that the animals aren't just living lives, but they're living good lives. Um, They are having enrichment. They have choice and control over their environment and what they choose to interact with and that they're displaying all of the behaviors that they should be displaying uh, and that would be similar to those that they would display in the wild. Um, But yeah, education programs, you can do everything from um, doing our doctor's zoo, which I think is a real fun one. You can uh, kind of get a feel for what it's like to be a zoo veterinarian for a day. Uh, And they get to go into our health center and see, you know, where... Uh, animals receive their checkups and and how all of that happens and and what they look for and uh, just envision that as a hopefully maybe future career who knows you know I remember I can't remember exactly when it was but my kids and I went through an event at the zoo where we knew about it ahead of time so we brought stuffed animals and they went through and they did the checkups on the stuffed animals and they loved it I mean, it was great. And I can't tell you how many times we've done it since then. But I mean, it was something that they remembered and they got a kick out of and they would continue to then play doctor with their animals. And I mean, it's really cool to see them be so interested in that and to have them experience something where everyone who's there is about making it such a great experience for all of these kids. Yeah. Yeah. We really have dedicated um, educators and they, they work to make it not just educational but fun so that the kids really come away with learning something whether it's learning what goes into being a zookeeper and uh, most of the kids are kind of surprised at all the um what they have to do in a day including all of the uh uh 
let's see, the offal that they have to scoop, <laughs> that uh, zookeepers <laughs> have to deal with. Uh, but yeah, we just have a variety of those types of programs that talk about animal environments, adaptations, um, all the things that they need to survive in the wild and, and really bringing that home in a fun way for them. And you mentioned enrichment for the animals. So I did not ask you this question ahead of time, so I don't know if you have the answer for me exactly, but I have heard that if you have a tree cut down, maybe certain kinds of trees, you can bring them in for the elephants for enrichment. Are there specific kinds of trees? How do you do that? There is a whole list, and I would probably um, tell you a wrong tree if, <laughs> without <laughs> consulting that list, but um, you can go on our website at readparkzoo.org, and we do, uh, those trees that you have can become um, uh enrichment and um, something different for the elephants. They love to tear into those trees and that bark. And um, also we have a number of other animals that also like the the tree bark. So if you have a tree that's felled in a storm or uh, just has come up for some reason, uh, yeah, do give us a call and go onto the website. There's a complete list of all the different types of trees and brush that you can bring in and it becomes usable again for the animals. And are there any other things that can be brought in for any of the other animals as far as enrichment goes? Is there anything besides the trees and the brush? Well, we do um, at least once a year, maybe a couple of times a year, do something uh, called, we, we have something called the enrichment tree during the holidays that we just did. Um, and that is a list uh, that our zookeepers kind of compile for each animal and you can pick sort of a tag off of a tree. Uh, but we do accept um, enrichment items and, and they're again, you can go on our website, but um, things that uh, it might be a puzzle feeder for a bear or a big boomer ball for the um, big cats to play with or, you know, small things that um, the animals have to uh, kind of work hard to get the food out of or it becomes something in their um, uh, habitat like, you know, uh, a food or enrichment item, play item that they can use their skills and natural behaviors to uh, to address and, and problem solve. And it also um, uh, gives them some extra exercise and kind of breaks up their day with something new and different in their environment. And I'm sure that it would be a lot of fun for the kids to be able to help to get something like that for an animal and then to go and see the animal actually playing with it. Yes, That yes. would be a lot of fun. Uh, we are going to be uh, releasing a video pretty soon of the animals receiving their, it's kind of an after holidays thing, uh, where they will distribute all the, the gifts that came in. And, and we do have a number of people that um, provide those special things. We have an Amazon uh, wish list that they can, can utilize. The only thing we... we kind of um, don't ask people to bring in our food items uh, like watermelon. We do a big watermelon Wednesdays uh, in July every year where they will put out um, watermelon enrichment for different animals around the zoo and they each react to it in different ways like the elephants crush it or the um, the otters might float on it and play on it <laughs> a little bit uh, but that's because we have um, very strict uh, dietary standards for the animals so we want to make sure that they're getting the right um, quality and the right vegetables and um. okay well thank you we will be right back after the break you are listening to center stage nonprofits of tucson and our guest today is deborah carr the director of marketing and communications for reed park zoo we have lots more information we're going to talk about all the opportunities to volunteer and to get involved and to support the zoo in its mission of conservation and education 
in Tucson. So thank you so much. We'll be right back. So we are back talking with Deborah Carr from Reed Park Zoo. And we've talked a little bit about the conservation um, in the mission and why the Reed Park Zoo is so intentional about taking really good care of the animals that are there. And things are changing. Things are, you know, they're moving. What is currently new at the zoo? Oh, well, in addition to the baby zebra, um, we also have a new two-toed sloth uh, that came in late August. And um, this is the animal with the really sweet face that you see from in South America. It's native to the rainforest, and they move really super slow, not because they're lazy, but because they have extremely slow digestion. Uh, but we have a new um, sloth that's in our South American habitat, and he's, he's really fun. Uh, we also have a little pair of antelopes called blue dikers. Uh, that's actually um, a, a word for uh, their the name means to dive, which they will do in the wild. They're kind of at the bottom of the food chain in the wild. And uh, so they often dive into the underground. Um, but we have a pair that are here on breeding loan. Um, and we also, um, it's going to be a baby boom, uh, if you will, this spring. We have um, Semba, who's our female matriarch of the elephant herd, is pregnant. And she's due to deliver sometime, we think, about March, April. And then we also have a giraffe that's due any day now. We're, we all have bets going that it's going to be sometime around the middle of February. We're all hoping for a Valentine's baby oh. <laughs> since we already had the Christmas baby. Um, and we just opened a new parking lot at the zoo. Um, if you've ever come on a busy day, it can be kind of difficult to find a parking space. But um, if you go down to High Corbett, it's at the southeast end of High Corbett. Uh, but north of the zoo, where the visiting teams tend to come uh, through that gate there, if you go right around the corner there, there's a big lot, and it has 90 new spaces, um, including 54 accessible spaces, so you can spread out a little bit. It's uh, just a few steps from the zoo, and the old zoo parking lot is going to be closing in uh, February, and we're going to begin construction on Pathway to Asia, which will be coming in 2026. Uh, that's going to add about 4.1 acres to the zoo and will bring um, many new species such as red panda, Komodo dragon, Malayan tigers will be a breeding facility for Malayan tigers, highly endangered. Um, little Asian small clawed otters. There's a big reptile house with boa constrictors and uh, Egyptian fruit bats and a beautiful aviary where you will be able to feed the birds. That's really exciting. Yeah. It's uh, it's something pretty unique to to Tucson, and um, you know, Asia is so rich in um, biological diversity, and we're really pleased with what this is going to add to the experience at the zoo, and also um, just to helping teach people about those animals in Asia. Well, and oh darn, more babies! <laughs> <laughs> so I have to ask, with all the babies coming soon and having lots of new excitement in the spring. Are you posting pictures so we all get to see all of these new babies as they're growing slowly? And We are, and we will be doing um, periodic updates, kind of milestones in their life as they, they learn to do different things. And um, the zebra, for instance, we're going to be posting some more pictures of her uh, as, as early as tomorrow and some video, but she is... She's just running around. She has plenty of zoomies. Uh, I've never seen a, a zebra run so fast. <laughs> uh, but she's she's just a bundle of energy and, and very cute. And usually the elephants, it's fun when you 
see them learning to use what to do with that trunk. You know, they, you'd yeah. think that they would um, automatically know what to do with that, but they kind of have to learn what to do with that or as they begin to get in the water um, and all those exciting little milestones that they do. But uh, And you can also um, go onto the zoo's webcams uh, and just check up on the animals, see what they're doing throughout the, the day. There's uh, several different webcams that you can look at. Are those up all the time? Yeah. Yeah. How do we find those? They're just on the website? Yeah, if you go to our, our um, website and you look um, under animals, I believe, and just look for the webcams, it'll... That's really we have cool. people that watch those uh, around the world. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of fun. I mean, especially when there are babies, mm-hmm. you know, I have many times gone and wanted to see the new baby, you know, and, and it's not a good time when I'm there. And so I miss it. And to be able to see some of that on a webcam would be a lot of fun. Yeah. The sloth webcam has been one of our most popular recently because everyone kind of tunes in to see when is the sloth going to move. <laughs> <laughs> And there's a, uh, squeals of excitement around the office a lot when, when we say, oh my gosh, he's moving, he's moving. So, yeah. <laughs> That's fun. But yeah, you can see them at different times of the day, which is, is always kind of interesting because, you know, they might be taking a nap at one time when you tune in and then three hours later they're up and active. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And then are there specific times that the animals are fed? Because that would also be, you know, a fun time to watch them. Well, we do have um, giraffe feedings every day. Um, It's $3, uh, but it's really, um, you can go out uh, on the platform there and the animals will come up and, you know, get the lettuce or carrots from your hand. And uh, there's nothing like the feeling of that slimy tongue of a giraffe sliding right across your palm. But uh, so there's that. Um, they tend to feed them early in the morning. So um, coming to the zoo early in the morning is always a uh, a good time to see animals, especially birds, um, up and about and, and receiving their morning feed. Uh, and then others are fed in the uh, evening or they have different rotating uh, diets and times but but usually early morning or kind of in the later afternoon are always a good bet that would be a lot of fun to go watch that we're definitely going to have to tune in and with the zebra you said naming the zebra there's going to be a contest I assume yeah. with all these other babies coming up there will be lots of naming opportunities yes yes and our and our um, keepers have a lot of fun kind of they usually select three three or so names for the public to sort of pick their favorites among those. And they usually have some kind of special meaning. Yeah, Yeah. that's really cool. And that's fun to be part of. Yeah. And And all of these births are really significant. Um, They're all three endangered species uh, and highly endangered species. We participate in about 30 different species survival programs at the zoo um, to help maintain uh, genetically um, viable and healthy um, populations of these animals and then we also support um, field programs around the world that um, really work with local populations such as elephants in Tang- uh, Tarangiri National Forest to uh, protect their uh, migration corridor so they don't wind up uh, being exposed to po- poachers or uh, you know in human encroachment into their fields. I have to say thinking through you know some of what these specific animals that you guys have, the endangered animals, what they're going through, you know, and how much people are intervening to try to keep them safe and healthy. And, you know, a lot of times when we go to the zoo, we don't really think about all of those things and think about the importance of having the zoo and the importance of 
specializing in taking care of endangered animals and how it's not just about going and seeing them. It's also Mm -hmm. about everything that's behind that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so cool just to know how much education, you know, there is in that. And like you mentioned, trying to get the kids excited about it and trying to raise up, you know, a new generation of people who care about these endangered animals and having us knowledge is power. You know, the more that we see, the more that we know, just having access to that, it's a really cool thing, but there's also another aspect of the zoo that is really community focused. Can you talk about some of the opportunities and some of the things that the zoo does to help the community, to build up the community and, you know, why it's such an important pillar in our community? Sure, sure. Well, uh, first of all, we believe that the zoo should be accessible to everyone, um, regardless of your economic status or um your, your financial ability. So um, we do have a number of programs that are there to help people be able to come to the zoo. Um, one of those is, we, we talked about the field trips, the free field trips that we offer for K through 12 schools. Um, we also have, if you um, have an EBIT card or a SNAP program, you're on the SNAP program, you can bring that card um, and your ID to the zoo and you would get $4 off admission. Um, you can also go to the um, public library. We participate in the um, culture pass there, and you can check out a pass that gives you free admission for up to four people to come to the zoo. Uh, we also do something called social services memberships. So this gives um, nonprofits in the area that uh, deal with mental health or um, those social services programs, homelessness, uh, the opportunity to bring, for a nominal fee, they get an annual membership and they can bring uh, each time they come, up to three staff members and 10 of their clients uh, to enjoy the zoo. And um, they can use it as many times as they want. We have about 40 different agencies that are currently using that program. And um, we also offer scholarships for our, our um, summer and winter camps. They they go really quickly. So as soon as you hear about it, you need to apply if, if you... Um, uh, have a child that's interested in attending those, but uh, we do. That does enable a number of children. We work with the boys and girls clubs on special programs. Um, we do a dollar day every year in November that um, is done in conjunction with the um, celebration in Reed Park. And uh, families can come in for a dollar all day. We have special military days and discounts throughout the year. Um, first responder days, senior days that we'll be talking about in a minute. Um, but just a number of ways that people can um, come to the zoo. And uh, we always do also try to keep the admission prices uh, very low. And we are one of the most lowest uh, priced attractions in the in the region and among zoos, especially. Well, in talking about the pricing, um, there's also a family membership that you know, I I think is absolutely great. You know that you've got a place that you can go and the kids like to go. You can go walk around and get a little bit of exercise and, you know, let them run around and play. And there's a great new playground that, again, you know, just has so many opportunities for kids and is very accessible. And I mean, it's just a, a really nice place to go and let the kids hang out. And, you know, there's so many different aspects of this. And, And having that membership is, of course, going to support the zoo year round in the conservation efforts and in everything that it's doing. And um, I think that it's it's a really cool opportunity, not just to have a place to go with your kids, but also to know that you're helping out 
in the efforts of the zoo. Yeah, really. And every time um, you come to the zoo, you have any interaction at the zoo, the memberships, it also supports not only the care and feeding and um, well-being of the animals at the zoo, uh, but it also helps support these conservation programs around the world. Well, thank you so much for all of that. I am really excited. I will post some information on the center stage page. So for our listeners, if you're interested in more information, I'll post the website um, so that you can go find that. If you want to go find it yourself, readparkzoo.org. Thank you so much. Stay tuned for the I Am Real Estate Show. And a quick thank you to our sponsors, Rightway Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing, Win Home Inspection, and Indy Realty. Thank you. Have a great week.